Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to About Progress. I'm Monica Packer, a regular mom and recovering perfectionist who uncovered the truest model to dramatic but lasting personal growth. It's progress made practical. Join us to leave the extremes behind and instead learn how to do something to grow in ways that stick. If you like this podcast, then you will love my new course all about habit formation outside of perfectionism. So many women have been signing up and taking it, and I've been thrilled by their results. You can go to aboutprogress.com slash sticky habit method to sign up. We all have things that need to get done, and we are the ones that need to do them at home, at work and everywhere in between. So what can we do when our own perfectionism is getting in the way of not just us getting things done, but us feeling the fulfillment we desperately crave? I'm pleased today to be sharing a coaching call that I recorded with a progressor named Sarah. Sarah came into this call wanting to better understand how to deal with the overwhelm and numbing behavior she was struggling with as she's been trying to do her work. But of course, as with all things, it was so much deeper than that. 
So while the topic of this episode might seem to be more about productivity and procrastination, and it definitely is about both of those things, what you will hear is a full deep dive in the many ways that we hold ourselves to impossible ideals and how these ideals invade the most important priorities in our lives, our productivity with them. And then we also talk about what we can do to better show up reliably to our responsibilities and to ourselves. Sarah, welcome to About Progress. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm looking forward to coaching you today. And to start us off, I'd love for you to give our fellow progressors an introduction. So um, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom. I'm a working mom. I am married, been married for 10 years, and I have two kids. And a few years ago, I decided to start working more full time. And it's been kind of an adjustment trying Mm -hmm. to do that and trying to balance between work and home. That is a big adjustment. And I've heard it in every direction, no matter what the direction is that you're going, it's always an adjustment. So Sarah, tell us why you are here today. So I, I struggle with accomplishing tasks and sometimes at work, I feel really overwhelmed. And so um, I get behind and it's hard for me to get things done. I'm kind of a perfectionist. Hmm. Okay. So perfectionism is getting in the way of finishing tasks. Mm -hmm. Is that the main issue or anything else you want to say about this? Yeah. I think my own feeling of, I have to get it done right. And it's going to take X, Y, and Z. And so I kind of procrastinated and I get overwhelmed Mm. by it, but also my supervisor is also a perfectionist, which doesn't help. Mm. And so he has very clear ideas of what he wants. And sometimes we just need to call it good, good enough. Okay. So that's a tricky balance because there's an internal perfectionism going on, but there's also a circumstantial perfectionism going on as well. And, and if you were to, to kind of name the big problem here as a question, what would that be? I would probably say my big question is how would I reliably accomplish these tasks? Even when I feel um, overwhelmed and behind. Okay. So the key words there for me are reliably Mm -hmm. because that's what happens with perfectionism and actually makes us feel less consistent and predictable, Mm -hmm. maybe due to some procrastination going on because of the overwhelm or sometimes I I can be high achieving Mm -hmm. because of my perfectionism, but other times I just don't do anything Mm -hmm. and I do like numbing behavior. Okay. Nobody's judging you by the way, because this is so, so normal and and not in the way where I'm saying you're normal, but to to (laughs) kind of comfort you, you know, this is what happens with the pendulum swing of perfectionism. It's the either or all or nothing. And you swing back and forth, especially when you're paralyzed about the outcomes. I want to ask you a question about that because that might be a factor too. And then we'll get into some of the coaching here. When you don't feel like you're being consistent and completing your tasks, what part of that has to do with the outcome or your fear of the outcome or your pressure of the outcome? How does that play a part? And maybe it doesn't. 
Sometimes when I'm paralyzed, it has to do with this is a really big project and there's a lot of different components and I want it done right. And at times it's, I, um, it's going to take a lot of work and I'm not sure how to start or where to go mm. throughout. Like, I, I don't know how to see through every step and it's going to take some figuring out and I get overwhelmed with that. And how often does that overwhelm kind of paralysis slash numbing behavior, procrastination behavior? Like how much, how often are you dealing with that? Like if you were to look at a normal work day, is this happening every day or is this like during certain times of the week or the month? I would say almost every day. Some, sometimes I have good days where I look at my master to-do list and then I can knock a few things out, but I would say probably every day, especially after lunch, when, after I take a break and I come back and I'm like, Oh no. (laughs) Okay. This is actually really helpful to learn because we can target a specific time of day for you Mm -hmm. as a way for you to get some training in this and, and practice and learning, you know, just kind of getting into the, a place where you feel more confident about even that time of day, which will trickle down into other parts of the day or the weeks or within projects that you're struggling with. So that's really great to know that. Okay. So there's two big directions I'd like to take this with. And the first is more practical. Hmm. And the second is a little bit more deep. So let's start with the practical, if that's okay. And then that kind of actually helps us get the juices flowing. So that when we go into the deeper stuff, we have more information. I don't know. There's things that we learn along the way at the practical side. So what, what I really see a big problem with is one, the overwhelm of course, but that to me has to do more with perfectionism. So we're going to hit on that later, but that, that shift between lunchtime and work time, it almost gives the window for the anxiety to step in and mm-hmm. be in charge and, mm-hmm. and the fear uh, that is related to that. And because of this, I think, you know, in the, in the self-development world, we would just call that it's a task switching time. You're switching oh. frames of mind. You're, you're switching from a break to feeling like you're giving to yourself kind of even just with lunch, you know, mm-hmm. to feeling more beholden to needing to be more duty bound to do work. And so not only is it a task shift, but it's also kind of a persona shift. It's a shift in, in the way that you view yourself and your capacity to show up. Does mm-hmm. any of that resonate with what you experience? I, you know, I, I don't, one thing that came to my mind, I don't know if this relates, but the reason why I decided to work was for fulfillment. Yeah. And okay. as a, as a mom, I mean, my, my husband said that, you know, I don't have to work and he probably would prefer that I stay home, Mm -hmm. but I made that choice for myself and I don't have to. And so the fact that I work, I want to find fulfillment from it. And if it becomes a duty bound, kind of like a, I have to do this, or there's so much I need to do. It kind of defeats the purpose for me. Mm. It takes away enjoyment for me. So do you feel like a lot of times that in that anxiety over this needs to be fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Is that also playing a part in your, in your struggle to show up? I think it sometimes does actually, because it, it makes me think that if it's not fulfilling, then why, why am I doing it? Then I should, I should stay home. I should be a full-time stay at home mom. If it's not working, there's guilt associated with not finding fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I see that guilt in the driver's seat. 
even with that task switching, because what you're doing is you're creating these expectations on yourself that when I do this work, not only do I need to do it well, which is a pressure we're going to talk more about, mm-hmm. but it needs to feel fulfilling, meaning it needs to feel rewarding and good. And like myself, like I stress-free basically. Right. Right. There is that expectation. I see that. Yeah. I'm going to just tell you one thing personally about me. Okay. Okay. My work is my fulfillment too. Mm-hmm. It's where I get a lot of my own personal growth and fulfillment. I feel like myself and it's also stressful. It's mm-hmm. also overwhelming at times. It gives me anxiety. It makes me question myself. It, ha- it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. No, I guess I never, I, I never thought I could make space for that, you know, like what you're saying that it's fulfilling, but it can also be stressful uncomfortable. and uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And if you were to, and I'm not telling you what's right or wrong with what you're just going to decide to do. And I know you're not trying to make that decision right now either, but just Mm -hmm. even that looming cloud of, I might have to decide to not do this anymore, I think is impacting your ability to navigate what fulfillment through your work actually looks like realistically. Obviously there's going to be lines, like obviously there's going to be lines in the sand where you can say, you know, no, this isn't right for my season right now. No, this actually is not overall leading to fulfillment and helping me feel like myself. So I'm ready to forge a new path, whether that's with another career or choosing to stay home. Mm -hmm. So I can see, I can see this is bringing some stuff up for you. Tell me what's going on. Well, I just think that I feel, I definitely see that I have this expectation on myself that because I'm carving my own path in working and being a working mom, I have all these expectations of how fulfilling it should be and how great it should be and what, and what kind of outcome I get from it. And it definitely is adding a layer of guilt and burden on me Mm -hmm. at work. It affects my work, like what you're saying. And I see that, and I'm starting to realize I somehow need to make like a mind shift change of this is what I'm going I'm going to find fulfillment, but I'm going to say that the expectations are different now. And I don't know how to do that jump. I'm not sure what that looks like, that fulfillment looks like anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, we can talk about that for sure. And I think it really can just start with this, this belief fulfillment can still be uncomfortable. Fulfillment can still stretch me. Fulfillment can still challenge me. Mm, I like that. I think that that resonates. Fulfillment can still be stressful and challenges me. This is going to happen no matter what you do, whatever season of life you're in, whether you are a stay-at-home mom full-time or working mom full-time or a little bit of both, whether you choose a different career path. Mm-hmm. Is Yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, as a full-time, when I was a full-time stay-at-home mom, it was not fulfilling and stressful and uncomfortable. Yeah. And so at least I have the fulfilling side when I work, but I didn't anticipate the stressful and uncomfortable part. Mm-hmm. In the past, when you were more of a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. I think this push that you must be fulfilled by it mm-hmm. leads to resentment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially when you're like, I must be fulfilled by this at all times. And why am I not? And it kind of sends you down the spiral of both anxiety and fear and self-blame, but also like blaming of the people you love, which doesn't feel good. 
But this can also, on the flip side, this pressure that you must be fulfilled by your work at all times, Mm -hmm. it's not leading to resentment as much to me as much as just straight up fear. Just fear of it's not fulfilling for me. So what do I, you know, Mm -hmm. what do I do? Is it this the right thing or? Which is making you demand far more of it Mm. than you need to, which is also setting you down those those procrastination trails and Mm -hmm. yeah, the numbing behaviors because the expectations are just so high. Either way you have unrealistic expectations on yourself. Yes. And yeah. And either way you go, it's a shift on what fulfillment looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely see that now. Cause I, so, um, I studied in college teaching and I was a history, oh. high school history teacher when I, I graduated. Was too, so I love hearing that and English yeah. too, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're right. English. I, I, yeah, I've heard that from you. And I loved what I did. I, I, it was fulfilling, but it was also incredibly stressful. I mean, it was like yes. first year teacher stuff, you know, oh my gosh. So- so, so bad and just hours and hours of work. And, and then I went into substitute teaching once I was a mom and it was a lot less stressful, but less fulfilling. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I'm now looking back, so I've been, there've been thoughts in my mind of I'm always a failure, no matter what I do, I'm never fulfilled. Or like, mm. I, I always have stress. I always have, whether it's a teacher or a full-time mom or, you know, working as a researcher, a historical researcher, but now I'm realizing maybe those were fulfilling, but they were also stressful and also uncomfortable. Well, and, and like we said, there's always a line. So similarly, I felt the same way about teaching. It was incredibly fulfilling, but mm-hmm. the stress and the lack of balance in my life outweighed what I was able to provide, I think. But it seems like your fear of that is getting in the way of you actually creating it. So what you kind of need to do is let's work on this mindset shift and then Mm -hmm. see how that helps you show up differently to your work. And then you can hit the pause button on, I must decide either way. And I I know again, like you didn't come here saying, I'm trying to make a decision, but it does seem like even the threat of having to make a decision Mm. is really affecting the way you're showing up. Definitely. Definitely. So I'm going to tell you something that I had a therapist that I worked with, um, for years who just changed my life, but perfectionism is so sneaky. I didn't realize it was showing up for me in all these other ways, you know, I'd worked on other very obvious ways, but not the Mm -hmm. sneaky ways. And she asked me this question and I'm going to pose it to you now. Mm -hmm. And she said, why is Monica Packer not allowed to be human? And I'm going to ask you that. Mm -hmm. Why is Sarah not allowed to be human? Mm, I think that question is it's a little bit, how do I say it? A little bit triggering for me because mm. I, I do realize that there are so many things I want in my life. And so many times I tell myself I can't, mm. or I should, or I have these high expectations, you know, and I don't know why I don't, 
I don't know why I don't allow myself to be human in that regard, but I think, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like my, my idea of a mom and my idea of a worker is inhuman. It's a robot, you know, a mom mm. who can do all of these things, a worker who can do all of these things. And yes, I don't know. I don't know why I, <laughs> well, I mean, Good question. yes, in many ways, this is modeled to us. It's directly taught to us. Mm. It's influenced in our culture. I mean, there's a lot of actual reasons. So when I ask you that question, I don't want you to self-blame again. I don't want you to go down that spiral too. Of saying, mm-hmm. look at me, I'm wrong. Like I can't even just fix <laughs> this perfectionism. That was another part of my, my past too, is like, I'm okay. So I'm going to fix this overnight. Right. And then <laughs> yeah. once I didn't, I blamed myself again. So when I ask you that question, I wanted mm-hmm. to do two things. I want you to remove the self-blame. Say, no wonder why I feel this pressure. Mm. Here's why. Here are some reasons. And maybe you can think of that for yourself. Like, oh, it's, there were expectations of me growing up about how I need to be. There's expectations on motherhood. Maybe I have religious expectations. Maybe I have familial, maybe I have social expectations and, you know, trying to just zoom in to see, okay, these are the reasons. Mm. And then the second reason I'm asking you this question is so you can give yourself permission to be human. Because for some reason, and not for some reason, I understand this well, but for some reason, our brains do this, this demand on perfection is not letting us show up the ways that we really could. Mm, It's, it's tapping down on our potential. It's, it's stamping out. Mm, mm. It's stamping out not only the fulfillment, but it's stamping out the actual ways you could show up and weirdly giving yourself permission to be human helps you get past the overwhelm and anxiety and take action. And because of that, make more mess, but also make way more progress. I have grown way more as I've given myself permission to be human than when I demanded perfection for myself. Much more after the break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm trying to think of what that looks like giving myself permission. I mean, I can already think of reasons why when you were saying, like, for example, religiously, I've always viewed there's a right way and a wrong way. Mm -hmm. And in my, and I think it bleeds into every aspect of my life. There's a right, right way to be a mom and there's a wrong way to be. And the right way is doing 
every different aspect you can think of to the best of my ability. And when I say the word best, I don't mean the best at the moment. I mean, like the best that I could ever do. And I have that expectation on myself to perform all the time that way. And it bleeds into the right way at work too. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of reframing here, right? Especially when even I think about this with my kids, like I can read a book out of fear or I can read a book to them out of love and they know the difference. And I know the difference. It's the same with these, you know, for you, religious guidelines or morals or values, you can live them out with love or you can live them out with fear. Yeah. And you will feel the difference. Yes. So it's not like let's throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, although maybe that's going to be part of, of you figuring this out. It's like, what are actually my values? Mm, Right. And how do they, you know, cross over with, with the, the religious values that I was raised with or the expectations and maybe where, where are ways that I am making them more than they need to be, or I misinterpreted them or Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. don't have to be applied that way, you know? Yes. Yes. Making them more extreme than they were intended. So I promised you, we would start with the practical. And (laughs) what I love about this is we actually went deep right away because we needed to, (laughs) and it helped us figure out what was actually going on here, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of shoulds, a lot of pressures, a lot of internal expectations that are unrealistic and harsh. And so I will be straight up honest with you, Sarah, and this will not be an overnight thing to fix. But I will also be honest with you and tell you, you will be able to fix this. But what you need to be willing to do is to move into the discomfort zone, the good kind of discomfort that is actually helping you grow, which means for you, I think you have to be willing to do things messily Mm. and tolerate the discomfort that's going to bring as you learn how to navigate. Okay. So this time I showed up messy. Like I came back from lunch and I told myself I could do a terrible job on this thing (laughs) and I did it and it actually helped me create momentum. And then I was able to take that terrible thing and make it better. Or another day you're going to say, I gave myself permission to do that terrible thing. And I did it terribly and I did it terribly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. And learn from it. Right. Out, okay. Well, this is, this is how I'll do it differently next time. What What is that bringing up for you? I think it, it seems almost, I mean, part of me just thinks of, I I've been trying to tell myself, I think this is like a mantra of, of good enough. And yeah. I, so I'll often say like, okay, this is good enough or good enough. But I find myself having to remind myself in the details, like, as I'm writing, I'm always editing and it's like, wait, 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 wait. let's just write mm-hmm. the email, finish it. And then we'll edit it. And yes. it's really hard for me to like pause and like, okay, no, we're going to redirect, just do it. <laughs> it's kind of like, that's in- a, that's a muscle in your brain, right? Yeah. It's a natural reaction for me to mm. keep correcting, perfecting. And it's yes. like, no, I want to. <laughs> okay. So what we want to do is kind of create and this is where we can get into some of the practical side, but first, well, let me say what I'm going to do with the practical stuff. We want to help you feel more grounded 
coming into work. And we'll start with just the, that lunch to work transition, that task okay. switching will help you come up with a way to feel more grounded. But underneath all this, we have the foundational mind shifts that we are trying to work on. And I would just like to know, can you name some of those for me? And this isn't a test. I just want to see like, what was resonating with you? They're like, okay, good enough as a mindset shift. What are some other ones that you would like to work on? Um, Maybe the idea that I will do a terrible job intentionally. Yeah, I can be, I can be terrible. I I can, I can do a terrible job. Yes. Okay. That's permission. Yes. Permission to be messy. Yes. That's a big shift for me. That's Um, by the way, how I get like any episode done is terrible (laughs) work. That's awesome. That's so foreign to me. Idea. Oh, it was for me too. So I, I say this with full, full understanding. Yeah. As I, as the more you do it, the more natural it feels. It really is mm-hmm. like a muscle. Okay. Right. What else? What are some other mindset shifts? Maybe it's in this case, this goes a little bit into beliefs, but our identity, yeah, it's okay to want what I want in life. <laughs> I don't know. That, that one's kind of huge. Yeah. That one's really hard for me to accept, to be honest. We could do a whole episode just on that one alone. Yeah. And have a lot of guilt for having yeah. wants. Yeah. But to me, um, that is at the heart of identity is having your own desires to call your own. Which is such a counterintuitive thought for me religiously. Just to think that like at the bottom of it, it's my desires. And yet I just, for now, I don't know if I want to pursue them, but I just want to be okay with having them. Just, yeah. I just want to recognize what they are and that I have them. That's just one step, you know? Yes. That's, that's honestly the most important step. I think is giving space to wants and you can just let them hang out. Yeah. For now. Right. That's a huge one. Yeah. Anything else? Maybe something about with my boss also being a perfectionist. And so being like, it's okay if he's disappointed. Yeah. Because I know that he's used to me being a perfectionist and performing at that level. So maybe going Mm -hmm. forward, it's okay if he's disappointed. Yes. It's harder when it's like your shift in expectations is butting heads with someone else's expectations. So I think that's something you can just expect. That's going to be part of the discomfort zone you're willing to move into now is learning how to navigate that and have some boundaries and to still be a really good employee, but still, you know, setting like, Hey, I will have this for you by this time, (laughs) you know, stuff like that in whatever shape or form it turns out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And even just having that transparency, like this one's just a messier version of it and we can work on, you know, the rest of it. Right. Yes. <laughs> stuff like that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Any other mindset shifts? And if not, that's okay. Just want to make sure. Yeah. I think that's all I can think of. So I'm just going to review this with you. Good enough permission to be terrible. It's okay to want what I want and it's okay to disappoint. Those, those are big ones. They are big. Yeah. So these are the ones I want you to kind of hold on to. I mean, maybe you can even write this for yourself and put it next to your workspace or have it 
and I know it sounds so cheesy, but it, it makes a huge difference to make something visual. I learned that even with my DSL list or my goals or a kind of mindset shift I'm working on too, is just to have it in a, in a common place. So maybe you can choose one or two of those or all of them and display them for yourself and, yes. and also be willing to do the deeper work, which we are clearly not doing today, but we have started, we've planted the roots for you or the seeds rather for mm. you to do deeper work in these areas. now let's just hit a practical way you can begin in the moment of grounding yourself. It actually might involve some of these as mantras for yourself, but with task switching, it's not just like you're switching the tasks you're doing, you're switching your brain and your brain is expecting things at such a high level of performance that it's no wonder you self-sabotage through either numbing behavior or procrastinating, or if you're like me too, getting busy with other things that don't need to be done within work, it's no wonder it makes sense. Mm. So we want to be able to help you shift from lunch to work with a sort of ritual that will help you feel grounded. That will help you feel like I can show up messy, Mm -hmm. that this is who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm realizing one other mindset shift. We we should have had as part of things is fulfillment can be uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. And that, and that being part of like the shift for you Yeah. now, I don't want to give you a prescription, but what are some ideas you have about maybe this after lunchtime ritual, mm-hmm. something usually... you do with your body, by the way, this, it's usually something you actually do, oh. whether it's like you have a mug of hot tea and you take a deep breath and you say a mantra or you light a candle or you play a certain album that gets you in the zone. It helps you shift because this is the music you, you pair with deep work, you know, things like that. So oh, I should have no. given you some ideas, but. Okay. So there are a couple of things. Actually, when you said that, I have like three things that came to oh. mind. Yay. One thing is I like to drink Pero. It's like a barley tea. And so I have like a mug of Pero that I usually get after lunch. Good. And that one seems to be kind of calming for me. It's like a warm drink. Uh And then the other thing is I like to just do like breathing, like 10 breaths kind of a thing, like a yoga with 10 Mm. breaths, a pose, I guess, with 10 Mm -hmm. breaths. And then the third thing I thought of was I love pump up music. And so usually I'll play like something with Sia or something like that. Oh yeah. (laughs) And it will help me get in the mood of, you know, like I've got this. So which of these do you typically do most days already? My Pero. Okay, cool. So now we can create a when then pairing for you. We're doing a little habit formation. When I finish making my mug of Pero, Mm -hmm. then what we're going to have a really simple then now, like the 10 deep breaths. I love that idea, but your simplest version of that should be your baseline, which might be just one deep breath while you're holding your mug of Pero at your desk, or you play one song. Maybe for now you just choose the song that's going to be for the next little while. Might be a couple of days, might be a couple months, you know, until you get sick of it. But with time, what this could be is a whole ritual where when I'm finished creating my Pero, my Pero, I'll sit at my desk and take 10 deep breaths and then listen to a pump up song. Mm, Okay. 
So I could do like all three of them in my original? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But in the beginning, it can just, just because Paro's already part of your routine. Yeah. We, we can attach one thing to for now, I would say. And then you can build towards adding a song. And actually this, this might not even happen intentionally. It just might happen organically, which is actually how habit building habit stacking happens. Most of the time is just organically. You're like, I can take another deep breath. Right. Or then you're like, maybe after three breaths, you're like, Oh, I want to say this mantra to myself. It's okay. I'm okay. Or something Mm -hmm. like that. You know, Mm. I can go for good enough. Right. And then you're like, "Mm, well, you know what? I actually want to play this song while I start this email or do this project. You know, it it can happen organically, but in the beginning, we don't want to give you this whole routine as a ritual. We just want to give you a small way to start a foundation Mm -hmm. that can build up. So what could that look like for you? What would you like after I get my mug of Paro? I like the idea of taking like maybe three breaths and and three deep breaths is that something you could do on your worst of day yes okay then you've got it that's your baseline awesome three deep breaths yes great and then you can build from here add a mantra if you want add in a song um but i think that it can be that simple and this might sound so like oversimplified to people like okay so like a little ritual is going to make all her problems go away and the answer (laughs) is No, but it will help create a consistent way to ground yourself as you're also doing the deeper work that we were talking about earlier about how to reframe what fulfillment looks like, what a good job looks like, what it looks like to be a quote unquote, good employee, a good mom, the wants, all of that. Okay. How is that? How does that all sound for you? I like that. I think it, it's a simple transition. I can do it in my worst of days, three deep breaths. I could add a mantra, maybe from like a visual that I see. I'll pick a mantra or something. Okay. I feel like we're leading, leaving this coaching call, hopefully just even a little bit better than yeah. when we started. I, I always see like a, a visual difference. I can, I can tell if, if we've helped you get there just even a little bit, mm. but this is just the starting place. And I know you're going to build. And I also know as part of that, you're going to meet some resistance right away. That's what happens. Your brain Mm -hmm. is going to be stretched in ways that's going to challenge these reframings that we are working on, as well as even challenging this ritual. I just want to encourage you to persevere, to be willing to move through that discomfort in ways that are not a betrayal of self, but a way of actually honoring yourself. Like I am willing to move through this discomfort Mm -hmm. because of who I want to be. Okay. And to not blame yourself. Like, let's say tomorrow you do the ritual and you still find yourself in that, that same kind of behavior, avoidant behavior. Right. It's not that the ritual didn't work. It's not that you're not doing a good job. Don't blame yourself. Expect it. Expect that it's going to take a while for your brain to be retrained, to show up differently, both for yourself and your work. Okay. Okay. Keep doing the ritual keep working on the mindset shifts and doing the deeper work for that. Okay. Which might involve some coaching or therapy, or it might just involve you taking time for yourself more and journaling through this and going on walks and thinking about it, talking to a friend more who maybe is like a step ahead of you on this journey. It can be like that. Okay. All right. That's good to know. If you, if I were to ask you, okay, what's, what's the thing that you want to make sure you remember from this call? What would that be? Definitely this ritual 
um, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to implement. Also, I, I think I've, I'm exploring some insights into my own beliefs and mm-hmm. ideas about fulfillment. And that's something that I want to work with and work on and dig, dig into more. So that's something that I'm taking away. There's more, there's more to do. Yeah. There's always more. And that's the thing. There's always going to be a gap mm-hmm. and that's part of being human. I have gaps too. I have things that I'm like, Oh, I have lots more work to do on that, but you're, you're, you're on the right path. Awesome. Yes. I feel good about it. Great. Well, thank you for your time, Sarah. I really enjoyed that. Yes. Thank you, Monica. Thanks for helping me. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. It was so, I guess fun is the right word I'm feeling, but maybe not so much fun, but rewarding to have that call recorded with Sarah and her bravery and being able to share her own experience. I want to share the progress pointers from this episode, and this is where I share the notes that you would be taking if you weren't so busy listening and doing whatever you're doing while you listen. And I always share these progress pointers in a graphic form to my go-getter newsletter each week. Number one, fulfillment can be uncomfortable. There's always a balance to this though, and something to pay attention to. Number two, oftentimes it's our unrealistic expectations that lead to procrastination and numbing behaviors. Number three, when we make space for imperfection, we will not only find it easier to move forward with our tasks, but we will actually do them better too than if we were held back by perfectionism. Number four, this means we have to be willing to move into the discomfort zone and learn how to tolerate the mess that true progress brings and be open to learning along the way. And number five, expect resistance to come and persevere through it. I'm going to be releasing an episode soon about the discomfort zone, just so you know. There's a, there's a lot more to this, but I think this was a great way for us to begin to touch on the idea more on the podcast. Your do something challenge for this week is to just note the expectations you are carrying about a certain responsibility you have or a certain task that you're trying to get done. What are the expectations? I would love to hear from you if you kind of have some insights or some ahas about that do something challenge. And from those of you who I get to hear from, whether it's email, DMs, or you tag me in social media, I like to highlight two of you a month in our growth spurt episodes. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode was helpful for you, I would love it if you could do two things for me. The first is to share about the show. And as you know, if you do that on Instagram, you link it and you tag me, you get automatically submitted to our monthly giveaway. And the second way you can help the show is by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We cannot grow without you. Again, thank you so much for listening. Now go and do something with what you learned today. Sorry, I have like some yard people who just showed up. So hopefully you're not hearing all of it. Nope. My laptop is loud though. (laughs) Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.